What's up, Brewskies? Once again, you're back here joining us. Another week, another pod, mm-hmm. another time to talk about the miscellaneous things of pop culture and what have you. Whatever journey we find ourselves going down. <laughs> yes. My name is Marco Dupa, and with me, as always, the great and powerful Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What is up, Brewskies? Tonight's brew is from the King State Brewing Company. It is their flagship IPA. It is just the King State IPA. No the original. The yeah. original. And uh, we're going to drink on that because, uh, you know, IPAs, they're having a, they've been having a moment for a couple years now. <laughs> yeah, they've been in, in vogue and it's the whole thing. And I feel like we're kind of going back to the no frills IPAs. Mm-hmm. We don't need the hazies. We don't need the 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 uh, super fruity ones. We don't need the doubles and the triples and the quadruples and the you know how high can we get the ABV on these bad boys? Let's just go back to a OG, and uh, that's what we have here. What else that we have on tap? Trailer trash. Trailer trash. The long-awaited Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Full trailer is finally out. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I want to have a discussion about uh, something that we've talked about in the past. But do we really even need these kind of fucking trailers anymore? Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? Uh, you know, Taylor Swift. I myself have a complicated relationship <laughs> oh, with no. this person. <laughs> she has put out Taylor's version of one of her most critically acclaimed albums, Red. And, uh, you know, I just we, we just want to touch on it a little bit. We're not going to get too mean, right? I'm glad they got rid of the dislikes on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Uh, all that and probably more. Yeah. So let's just get right into this, motherfucker. This is episode 333. Wow. I'll grab that. You grab that. Oh, yeah. Of the One Beer In podcast. This is the One Beer In Podcast, the podcast where two brews crack open a brew and we see where that one brew takes us. Thank you guys for joining us once again. Like, share, and subscribe everywhere that podcasts are sold, listened to, watched, devoured, mm-hmm. drank, eaten, all that Snorted. jazz. Snorted. That's a new one. Yeah. I'm going to throw that one in there. <laughs> um, Butt chugged. <laughs> As I said... I'm Marco. That's Obi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Excuse me. Let's just get right into this bitch. Let's do it. All right. And I want to start with trailer trash. Trailer trash. (laughs) Thank you. The No Way Home trailer made the rounds finally. I think this is one of those trailers that like, or rather I should say one of those movies that has genuine surprises, genuine like 
you know, what are they going to do with this movie? How are they going to go? What, like, what direction are they going to go with this fucking thing? Yeah. Like, genuine uh, uh, mystery around it. Yeah. Well, and I would say, too, uh, people are so excited for it. Not only because it's a Spider-Man movie. Obviously, Spider-Man's super, super popular. Yeah. But um, I think it's the first in a long time of the MCU movies that has any consequential ramifications to the larger MCU. It seemed like every movie in the first couple of phases had th- was consequential to the larger universe at hand. Mm-hmm. Whether it be a post-credit sequence or whether it be the main plot of that movie, they always seemed like they were more important. They always seemed like they were part of a larger machine that was happening. Yeah. And the last couple of things, like the TV shows, have all kind of felt like just individual stories. Yeah. I have not seen Shang-Chi, so uh-huh. I can't comment on that. Oh, and Black Widow, too. And Black Widow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but Black Widow is a uh, is a prequel. So sure. how much can it? How consequential can it be to a story that is like five years after yeah. the events? No, it's it's not so much. And fresh off or probably of, longer than that. Yeah, fresh off of Shang Chi, there are ramifications, but it's nothing to the level that I expect we're going to see with No Way Home. Yeah. Well, the whole thing with Spider Man is that um, he's supposed to be the I wouldn't say the leader, but like a lot of this this current phase is supposed to be centered around sure. like what happens in this movie and like how he he's supposed to be. The rumor is that he's supposed to be the Iron Man of this phase. Yeah. And, so. and essentially this storyline seems to be the catalyst for where everything ends up in this phase. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, other than like Loki. Like, but even Loki, I think, is I mean, the whole thing with the TVA and all that stuff and like the consequences of what they did. Also, the multiverse, like it seems like they're it seems like their plans are very, very ambitious. Yeah. Very big. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little concerned. Yeah. With how they're going to tie it all together to make it cohesive and coherent. Um, because we're, we're playing with a lot of toys now, uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-mm. But if you start losing track of where those toys are supposed to be and what they're doing, it can get a bit messy Yeah, and confusing. I mean, their whole thing has always been it's very important to them that everything kind of makes sense and even questions that don't get answered right away seem to get answered eventually. I'll, I'll give that to the MCU as simplistic and as, you know, baby food as the plot is. Mm-hmm. You, I, I can't remember a time where I was just like, well, they just never. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because somebody would be like, well, do you remember this plot? Right. Hole? Sure. I can't off the top of my head remember a time where a question just went unanswered for the entirety of yeah. the series. Yeah. It seems like they tie up those things pretty Neatly, or maybe a, a little too neatly, or there's at least enough plausible deniability to be able to be like, ah, well, that wasn't talked about because of this. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and they leave it open to doing something. Well, a la the Eternals, right? I mean, uh, I forgot that movie existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, no. We talked about this off air, but. Mm-hmm. Eh. <sighs> Yeah, it's like I don't know about you guys, but like for us, there hasn't really been a big drive for us to see that movie, and I'm not sure exactly why. But 
I think a lot of it for me at least has to do with the fact that they the Eternals at least how it's marketed feels so uh I guess so removed from everything we've seen, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think that's what they're kind of, that's the point of it is basically like, okay, there's a new flavor of MCU hero here. Yeah. But it just felt so like foreign and, and weird and cold. And, and I don't like, and maybe it's just a me thing, but I'm not a huge fan of like these like godly realms and, and yeah. You know, so like always hated the the Supermans, the the gods, the sure. The, I mean, I think even like Thor suffered a little bit from that in part two, but then it got brought back down to not not literally Earth, but you know, to this realm that we weren't worried about like these gods and and uh, ethereal beings and and this entire thing. It was is more yeah. rooted. Well, let me ask you this: try to think back. What was so attractive to you about Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy? What made you excited about that movie? Um, well, I think because it was a new flavor. Yeah. Um, it had a, its own unique voice. Yeah. And tone. Yeah. Um, and really amped up a lot of the classic action adventure of what the MCU really ended up turning into in, in phase three mm-hmm. um, with the action comedy. It kind of, I don't know, it got like crystallized kind of what the Iron Man's were going for with the, the action comedy genre. Yeah. The reason I bring up Guardians is because I feel like... And a good team. Guardians and Eternals are kind of in the same boat of Marvel is taking a chance on these unproven characters mm-hmm. unpopular characters as far as the mainstream is concerned sure. and they have to convince people to care about these people and they kind of did the same thing with you know the Eternals has Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek and fucking Kumail, uh, Kumail Nanjiani and uh, the dude from ATL right the TV show oh yeah 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 uh What's his fucking name? I forget. I forget. They've got a they've got a lot of big names in there. Um Oh, and uh the guy from uh Yeah, the white dude. Yeah. I don't know his fucking name. <laughs> I guy. just don't I didn't even fucking bring him up because I Game kn- of Thrones. I have no idea yeah. what his fucking name yeah. is. Mr. Game of Thrones. Mr. Game of Thrones. Mr. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So and and it's in the same vein of Guardians where they have a bunch of like big name actors taking on the role of these little known characters but they don't seem interesting but that's exactly so <laughs> that's what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to parse out is why the Eternals just doesn't do it for me I, I they're all wearing like Power Rangers uniforms their fits are trash their uh, fits are trash there's nothing really like I don't know. I, at least from the trailers, there's not really identifiable like interesting characters. Yeah, there. Uh, well, and and it, I mean, think about like okay, Guardians just seem more fun. The music was sure. already a huge deal. James Gunn is a proven <laughs> yeah, yeah. director that we're already a fan of. So it's like okay, well, I'll go to watch this because they hired James Gunn to do mm. this. So those two things. 
are obviously are working for Guardians. The Eternals, I, I just don't, there's nothing, there's no driving force where sure. I'm like, I need to see this. Like, I like Kamel Nanjiani. He's, yep. he's funny, but like, do I need to see him as a superhero? Like, no, not really. When I heard he was cast, I was like, that's awesome. The mm-hmm. Brown representation, it's going to be great. Uh, but then like, once this thing kind of rolled around, I was like, Eh. <laughs> like, yeah. all right, he did. I don't know. Yeah, he did something. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't want to talk too much about Eternals because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet. No. So we'll give full report once we have. I'm just saying, it's getting beat up. Yeah, no, and, and not only from critics, but you know, user scores have well, been pretty us- low too. Yeah, I mean, well, we talked about the the review bombing but yeah but that's now, subsided yeah at this point and now it feels like there are there's more of an honest review score out there and it's still pretty low still not great still pretty low still not great so anyway <laughs> spider-man so spider-man no way home spenderman on the other hand uh people i mean this trailer had an event behind it yeah like people were camped out waiting to see this trailer in a movie theater that's unnecessary yeah people are yeah. weird yeah, that's unnecessary. Uh, but they made a whole thing of it. Tom Holland came out, uh, got apparently got emotional about the reaction the trailer got. Okay, which is very nice and that's cute. But yeah, um, but yeah, this trailer was a big deal. Yeah. Um, first off, let's let's talk about the trailer itself, how we felt about it, get that aspect out of the way, and then we can talk about whether it was even necessary to begin with. Okay, which it wasn't. So what do you think? What do you think? First, I mean, first blush. It looks amazing. It's, you know, it's going to be. Uh, I don't know, man. I I hate to I hate to just be the old guy yelling at clouds kind of thing. Mm. But like some of these these directors like the Scorsese's like really Scott. I don't know why they were interviewing him. I guess he's doing a new the, movie or well, something. He just he just did the last duel. Which nobody watched, but what, apparently the it was last really duel? good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie with the Adam with Driver, and, uh, Matt, Damon, uh, Matt Damon, and Ben. Well, who's the who's the ben chick Fleck. that's supposed to get like she's like sex- sexually assaulted? Trigger warning. Okay. She's like sexually <laughs> assaulted, but that's a, that's what yeah, it's yeah, about. It's, she's it's sexually assaulted. It's a, it's, a, it's based off of a true story about the a duel in France. Yeah. Um, oh, I forget. I forget her name. I forget her name. Yeah, we are sexist, dude. We remembered every main actor in the movie, but not the actress. Who's She's not as big of a star. Yeah, I'm you sorry. say that. You say that. Look, it's going to be like fucking Julia Roberts <laughs> or something. You're like, She's not that big of a star, Look, dude. Compared to Ben, she's not that big. Jodie Comer. That's yes. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Jodie Comer. Jody Comer. That's in Spanish for you. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so really, Scott directed that, and now I guess he's in the news enough to give his opinion on MCU movies because for some reason, Variety and Entertainment Weekly and the Hollywood Reporter they always ask these over serious directors like what's your thoughts on the MCU and they always give some shitty opinion on it because it gets clicks uh-huh that's the only reason why they ask well it got me yeah so really scott was like they're fucking i mean he basically was like they're <laughs> full of shit fuck those movies 
He did not have a positive opinion yeah. on MCU movies. Okay. And I will say there is a part of me that is sort of getting to the point where I'm like, They're just kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's like, I mean, I'm no longer impressed by the spectacle of what I'm watching. I'm more entertained by, I guess, what they do with the story and like where they take it. Yeah. So Spider-Man, for instance, the Spider-Verse thing, which has all but been confirmed. True. That's interesting. We know that they're... 90% 90% probably going to bring back Toby and Andrew Garfield because like well in the trailer itself there was a scene where Spider-Man is swinging against three enemies yeah and you can literally see the lizard yeah. getting punched by an invisible by some thing disembodied, yeah right so you know clearly that scene's going to be filled up with two other Spider-Men yeah uh chances are I mean it it could be you know Spider-Gwen or Miles, That'd be cool. or you know any other Spider-Man character. I'm cool with that. I um, think the press has gotten to the point where, like, if they don't have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, it's gonna yeah. be like a massive, yeah, failure. Which yeah. is not it's not their fault. Not their fault. Not their fault. Not their fault. Yeah, but the internet has created this narrative. And the thing is, too, like, Andrew Garfield has said again and again. I'm not in the movie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah. not in it though. But he has to say that. That's but true. Plausible deniability. He did say, "I'm not in it." So whatever you guys, sure, uh, take yeah. that information. I'm not in it. Right. He so. did as much as he could as far as like tempering those expectations. Tell me, Require at some point in an interview was like, he said something that was like, "Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how people like react to blah 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 blah." Like mm-hmm. he was alluded to the fact that he's in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it makes sense with them bringing back those villains. If they bring back the villains, they have to bring back the stars, right? Like, it doesn't make sense to bring back all those dudes and not bring back right. the stars of the movie. You have Jamie Foxx coming back. I will say this. I will say this. Jamie Foxx, as this version of Electro, mm-hmm. I'm okay with. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with this. Yeah, yeah. His version of Electro in Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, 2. made me want to trigger warning. Uh oh! Kill myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah, it was the worst. It was the worst. But in this version, he looks cool. He looks cool as shit. I mean, it's obviously a CG double for him, but his model looks cool. He looks cool as. He's fuck. wearing like fatigues or something. Yeah, like, and he has like the uh, the, the electro the mask. iconic like yeah. yeah, and like the electro mm-hmm. around his face, and I'm like, this fuck, this looks dope as shit, man. Yeah. And then you got Lizard, and yep. you also have I don't know if it's Thomas Jane. Who's playing Sandman? He didn't play him in the in three. Not Thomas Shane. Um, I forget. I always forget that dude's uh, name. <laughs> fuck. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about, obviously. Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. Great actor. Yes. And he played Sandman in the original. Uh huh. We don't know if that's who it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's just been the big face or whatever. There, there was a flash of what looked like the symbiote suit. Well, no, I I know what you're talking about. I don't think it. Well, there was the teaser that had him in a full black suit, right? Yeah. So there was that, but in the newest trailer, there was a dark suit, but it looked like a mystical suit, like it had like like the a, like etchings a, like a and stuff. Danger. Yeah. Like a mystical, like mystical. Yes. Yeah. Mystical. Like, 
yeah with a y yeah. and a k yeah <laughs> uh, so they had that which makes me think it, it it's more of like a multiverse traveling suit that like he he gets through dr strange uh, or maybe scarlet witch i don't uh, know maybe he's imbued with that okay. but it seems like okay. a mystical kind of suit not like a not like a danger danger get out of the floor <laughs> people right here Sing it. it. <laughs> um, no, not that. Not that. Not, not that. that. Okay. So, by all accounts, it looks amazing. And if you're a big Spider-Man fan, yeah, I mean, I or if you're a big Spider-Fan man, Spider-Fan man, yeah, uh, I just don't see how you're not excited about what you're what you're viewing in this trailer. Yeah. Now, uh, let's let's come to a conclusion here with the trailer itself. Not trash. I'm feeling not trash from you. Yes, not, not trash, trash from me. Not either. trash. The trailer itself. Not, not trash. trash. Now, my question here. My question here is: Am I the only one that's a little bit afraid that they're biting off a little more than they can chew? Because mm. uh, we've been through this before, folks. If you haven't been paying attention, um, if you were around for Spider-Man Three, um, too many villains. Yep. Too much too wrapped many up in cooks. there. We ended up with a mess. Yeah. Now, it seems that, and there's a rumor now, that um, Dr. Octopus is now going to be a good guy because well. somebody with keen eyes in, in the trailer picked out that you can see Tony Stark's nanotechnology taking over the octopus arm. Yeah. And turning it red. Uh-huh. And r- if you recall from Spider-Man 2, the issue with uh, Dr. Octavius's arms was that it, it drove him crazy because the inhibitor got broken, right? Yeah. So it, it just took over. Yeah. So the techno- nanotechnology is built to fix imperfections, yeah. essentially. So if that takes over, it may fix that fault and bring him back to his senses. Why... <coughs> Why is technology always depicted as in inherently evil consider uh, like uh, uh, to to our standards? Why is every time a technology is given like its own um <laughs> Ultron free will if you will. Yeah. It's always evil. Ultron yeah. uh uh Skynet, uh-huh. Dr. Octavius's arms, mm-hmm. like it's always anytime they get free will they're like immediately. We're taking humans over. Humans gotta die. <laughs> I mean, probably because we're shitty. <laughs> well, yeah, that's always the story, right? That we are terrible to each other, sure. and we're terrible, terrible to the environment. Right. And like human beings are, like we suck. Well, or and I think it's almost an instinctive thing that we write that into our subconscious because I, robot literally means slave in translation. So yeah. if we feel guilty about how we treat the things that we own then it would make sense that those things would inherently want to turn on us. Right? I would just like to say for the record, I do not feel any sort of guilt about how I treat the things that I own. They all are my property. Okay. And I spent the money. That's nice. Yeah. And I turned them on. Uh-huh. I charged them. Yeah. They do work for me. Okay. And if they don't, they get <laughs> thrown out. All right. I don't feel a thing for those things. And matter of fact, I have wanted for years for technology to feel any semblance of guilt or shame so that I could beat them. 
<laughs> I want them to understand. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is your trigger warning still active? Is that what? No. We're okay. I. <laughs> no. I think your inhibitor's off right now. I want my technology to understand how much it has failed me in the moments that it has. You know we're going to lose this entire episode now, right? To who? To your the technology. YouTube algorithm. <laughs> no, yeah, to your know, technology. Right? <laughs> I want them to hear me. I want them to know uh-huh. that I run the show. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And when the things don't work, they need to be punished. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I have no power in my life. Uh-huh. And this is the only situation in which I have power. Yeah. And I will exercise that power. That's great. As yeah. I see fit. Yeah. Do you understand? I do, yeah. Do you understand laptop? Do you understand camera? Phone? It's all bullshit. Okay. That's good, man. Yeah. That (sighs) sounds good. Sorry. All right. Anyway. This has been the One Beer and Podcast. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I I hear your point. I just... That's why I think... People inherently assume once AI becomes active, it's going to go, no, we don't want to do this anymore. But are we tired of that storyline? Sure. Sure. Uh, and I think it, it it has kind of turned on its head a little bit with even like um, Interstellar. Those robots are perfectly good and uh, 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 actually help the people in the plot. Yeah. We'll look at like Ex Machina. Immediately she got free will and she was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> And I'm going to yeah. beat this shit. Out. Like, I'm leaving and I'm going to take over the world. Why couldn't she just be like, I just want to live a normal life. Because I don't want to be trapped here. I feel like that is a slightly different story because you, uh, many people at least, I'm not sure about you in particular, but many people went into that movie going, this is creepy. He's befriending her, though. And this will end with them two going off together and escaping. Uh, and then it went no uh, spoilers for Ex Machina. Great yeah. movie. Uh, skip movie. skip skip ahead, but uh, you should watch it if you haven't. Yeah, I I definitely went into it thinking, well, okay. So before having watched it, you do go into it thinking like, oh, that's classic. Like, you know, he falls in love. It's with a meet cute. But then, like halfway through the movie, you go something nefarious <gasps> is happening. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there is such like a sense of like anxious dread throughout yeah. like the entire movie. Yeah. Even when it gets goofy and they're dancing and stuff, you're like, mm, something's even, wrong. Even that's fucked up. Something's wrong. That yeah. whole scene, you're just like, what is he doing to these robots, yeah. dude? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. But then it's like all the heads on the wall and stuff. But like he created them, but right. then he gave them free will. So it's like. That's a whole other conversation. But then what is free will, dare I ask? Right. If and he, then we're watching Blade he, Runner. If Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's not do this right yeah. now. Okay. We have a whole... We could spend an entire episode talking about that. Yeah. And we're not going to do it tonight. Okay. But we could. We yeah. should. We should. Mm-hmm. But not tonight. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it, it's the age old uh, AI, whatever, whatever. So the rumor is... That the nano machine, nano machines. I don't know why I'm saying it so weird. Nano machines. The nano machines. The nano machines make it so that they fix those imperfections 
in his technology, mm-hmm. and so he is part of the good side, yeah. I guess. Which they talk to him a lot in the trailer, which makes me think. I mean, I immediately was like, okay, he's Octavius is on their side now. They're working to get him back to where he's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, whatever. <clears throat> I only said that. I only I only brought that up because. Why did you bring it up? Because let me explain. I'm not a robot. I don't know. Uh, click the box sometimes. Um. So, <laughs> so yeah. I only bring that up because you know I I also said there are ton there's too many villains here. Oh, so yeah, right, right, right. So, so that's, maybe he's maybe not that's, even one of them. Exactly. Maybe that's one less that we have to worry about, one yeah. fewer. But or, at the same time, like even without him, there's there's so much going on. How yeah. do we center this in any way and make it make sense? Like I, I'm afraid, I personally am afraid that they are they're going for too much fan service and it's just going to be this big cobbled mess that leaves nobody happy. Because it's like, oh, well, I want to see more Toby. There yeah. was they didn't they didn't pull uh, give him his his roses enough. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I am willing to be surprised and delighted though if they can pull it off and have all these disparate parts make sense in one cohesive, coherent movie. Then it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait. But I'm a little worried. I'm a little concerned about that. I, I think that. The MCU is going to handle these characters more carefully than Sony would by itself. Sony, I believe, would just be like, yeah, balls to the wall, dude. Whatever we have our hands on, let's throw it into the movie. Can we, can we put Venom in there? Yeah. Is there any way, any Venom? Can we just... Venom! So I, Venom! I believe that they would have handled this more haphazardly. Of I believe course. that Kevin Feige and everybody up there at, at Marvel understands... The power with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you will, sure. And I do. Th- I d- I understand your concerns. The way that I saw the trailer and the way that I've been viewing this movie is that like a vast majority of it is going to be like a lot of Doc Strange, mm-hmm. a lot of Tom Holland Spider Man, and then we're going to get like a huge set piece three quarters into the movie. Where we're like, what's going on? What the fuck? Yeah. And it's just gonna be like action, action, action in the last like three quarters of the film. I don't, I don't think that we're gonna get a movie where it's like, you know, this villain gets thrown in and this villain gets thrown in, and we, we have to deal with this. Willem Dafoe. And this, dude, <laughs> dude. I mean, somebody posted a gif of the scene where Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Is talking to Spider Man. Mm-hmm. He's got him all. He's gassed and he's all sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then as he's like trying to convince him to join him in his crusade, uh, Spider Man's like, "I'll never join you or whatever." And he walks over to him and he slaps him on the back <laughs> of the head. You know, you know what scene <laughs> no. I'm talking? Oh man, you, I'll <laughs> no. show it to you. I'll show it to you. But it's <laughs> even when I was a kid and I watched the movie in theaters. Mm-hmm cried laughing i thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing for him to do it's so casually just walk up pop him in the back of the head and just be like you don't get it mm-hmm. i'm trying to explain to you that the world sucks and you're saving people who don't appreciate what you're doing mm-hmm. and there's no reason to do it you should just be out here living life for yourself and even as a child i understood yeah what green 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 lantern what green <laughs> goblin was trying to get across to mm-hmm. toby which i thought was really funny anyway 
I love Willem Dafoe. I think <laughs> I think this too. podcast loves Willem this, Dafoe. This podcast definitely. He's loves so awesome. Yeah. I just can't. I everything that he does, he goes for it. I think he's like the 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 fully realized version of what Nick Cage is trying to do. Sure. Or Where, uh, I think he feels like a, a mix between Nick Cage for going going it there. Yeah. And the sort of strange idiosyncrasies—that's a word, right? Mm-hmm. Idiosyncrasies of uh, of of like a um, uh, oh, I just I, I had him in my head, um, uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, you know Christopher Walken, where like he's indistinguishable from he is Willem Dafoe, right? You know Willem Dafoe, yeah. by looking at him immediately. And he has a very uh, identifiable voice, mm-hmm. but he also goes for those crazy roles that he's iconic for. Right, he's the perfect blending between those two. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's a fusion, if you yeah. will. He's fantastic. Great, I love he's him. Just so good. He's so yeah. good. So, th- the fact that they're bringing back all these villains is like you gotta bring Willem back, right? You got yeah. to. Between him and Alfred Molina, I think those two are the ones that you needed back. You just needed you, to. If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, you got to bring those two back for yeah. sure. The rest, you know, you know, whatever. Do with them as w- you will. as you will, right? But those two for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's it's uh, like you said. They're, they're, it's it's a very ambitious thing that they're doing. Maybe they've bitten off more than they can chew. Or maybe they pull it off. I have confidence in them because I just feel like uh, uh, at the end of the day, as ambitious as it is, the MCU is just, it's proven itself to just be able to handle projects of this, like, vastness. Yeah. And so I just don't see how they fuck this up. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of on both sides of the fence here based on this example but the fact that they're able to pull off the um you know basically the entire end of phase three Mm. stick the landing yeah um gives me confidence but at the same time thanos was this unifying villain yeah that was the guy who will be the villain of this movie truly is it gonna be peter's sort of haphazard ambition uh him kind of messing up the multiverse yeah is there something behind dr strange being careless yeah all that is uh, like really weird by the way thanos top three villains of all time oh yeah just throwing that yeah. out there yeah and we've probably talked about it a yeah. lot but just got to make sure people understand we should make that list. how good he is we should make that list we should top yeah. three villains of all time yeah hey, darth vader has to be up there right Oh, are we just talking about comic book villains? Or are we just talking about villains? Villains period? in general. Because we have to. Because then that list gets weird. Pop culture. Thanos doesn't belong in the top three of all time okay. if we're taking pop culture into account. Uh, okay, I'm not saying real life because like no, 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 Hitler. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I'm saying Hitler, like, Thanos, Hitler, Hitler Thanos, Darth Vader. Yeah, then Pol Pot probably right. Maybe yeah, yeah. Or, or Stalin. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm saying like uh, George W. Bush. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying like in movies, in pop culture, you have to think like we're talking about villains. Vader, I think, I think, yeah, top three. Vader goes top three. But yeah. then you've got like, I mean, you've got just you just have so many villains. I mean, where does where does like Hannibal Lecter fall? 
He has to beat Thanos. You think? Or maybe, or maybe not. I don't think maybe so. Not. I don't think so. I think I think what they did with Thanos is really special. Yeah. And I don't think that's I don't think that's recency bias talking. I think I think the build up the the sparsity they used with him throughout that built his sort of you know his power mm. uh his influence in those stories to ultimately have the showdown and then have a showdown again yeah is something like chef's kiss special i think that is i think he deserves a top three spot yeah 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 i really do yeah all right well, we'll have to work. Okay, on this. This yeah, is, we'll, this will be fun. We'll workshop we'll make a whole that. list. Yeah, yeah. We'll make okay. it. We'll do a thing. Okay, all right. Okay. We'll get back to that. <sighs> yes. Write that down. Yes, yes. Make a note. Make a note. I'm gonna make a note. Um, top villains. List. But yeah, so we're excited to see how that turns out. Will you make it out to the movie a theater to watch Spider Man? Yes. Me too. I found myself. Out at the movie theater, mm-hmm. and I watched Dune in the nice. movie theaters. I oh, did, yes, my yes. I goodness. didn't even tell you this. this you didn't even tell me this. You. Yeah, I did watch Dune in the movie theater. By the way, mm-hmm. loved it. Okay, great. Thank I you. thought it was fantastic. Uh, I thought I was gonna have to cancel this show right oh, now. Oh my god, every fucking frame of it. I can't even wrap my head around people's complaints about this movie i think it's incredible i thought it was amazing good i loved it you're on the right side of history (laughs) yeah so yeah i will definitely uh make my way out to theaters for spinderman spooderman spooderman yeah coming out in december yeah yeah so I don't know, man. I don't know. We got some. We got some fucking blockbuster movies on the slate, mm-hmm. including but not limited to the new Lethal Weapon Five. <laughs> <laughs> Lethal Weapon Lethal Five. Five. Why do we need a fifth we installment don't. of this series? We don't. Is Danny Glover involved? Is he still going to show up? Or is Jet Li going to show up? Uh, Are they going to bring uh, Pesci out of second retirement? No, they're not. Everyone's so old. He's so old. Everyone's so old. They're all so old. Gently old. I'll give Mel Mel Gibson Gibson this. Old. He is old, but he at least has kept himself together in a way that, like, it makes sense for him to be like some old raggedy detective. Sure, he's like a Sith. He just feeds off negativity (laughs) and hatred. (laughs) (laughs) Jews. The Jews. The blacks. Now, young Skywalker, you will die. You will die. You will die. Uh, <coughs> if he, <laughs> okay, so the news is that Mel Gibson is at the helm of the latest, and what will probably. I love, I love the way that they frame this mm-hmm. in the article, which was like most likely final <laughs> installment, final. and it's like, dog, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> The fourth one came out how long ago? Yeah. Yeah, I sure fucking hope so yeah. that this is the final installment. Who was sitting around going, I hope they make a Lethal Weapon 5? No one I know. It, it's ridiculous that yeah. this is even getting made. I mean... F- and I'm not even like... I'm not even one of these people who is like vehemently against sequels and rehashing. Like, I mean, we we... In certain instances, yes, we've like 
we've we've uh, dunked on those things. But if you have a good script and you have a good cast, it's like, all right, let's see what you can do. Like, I was not against uh, bringing the Rocky stuff back. Like, you uh-huh. know, Creed is, oh, Creed's is fun. Great. Michael B. Yeah. Jordan's great. Creed's great. Uh, I think, uh, um, you know, Sylvester Stallone and some of the stuff that he's brought back. Like, Rambo was fun. John Rambo didn't need to be done. Uh, I thought that Terminator Genesis was a fun movie. That was the latest one? Yeah. I never saw it. It's not bad. I heard it's actually pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, what they do with it is, it's an interesting take. If you, if you, uh, because basically what they said was all of those other movies, mm. forget those. Yeah, they, they Halloweened it. Yes, they Halloweened it. Exactly. Mm. So you're really supposed to only be paying attention to one, two, and this latest this one. one. Yeah. And uh, I'll just tell you, wanna, you, want, you want a nice little spoiler? It's the very beginning of the movie. I, You know what? Actually, I started watching it. I didn't get okay, to finish so you, it. So okay, I know so what you know you're know talking, what I'm about. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, spoiler alert. Because it was on HBO for a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, that's I, how I watched I it. I got about halfway through, but I watched it like really late one night, and I was like, I'm going to pause this and catch up later, and, and I never, never got back did. to it. Yeah. Spoiler alert. They, <laughs> they go, you know that whole... Uh, John Connor thing in in the in the second one, fuck that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he just shows up when Mission they're in like Waikiki or something, and he's just like, "Hey, yeah, that old Terminator, that nigga don't he don't know what he's talking about." But click clack boom, it just fucking murders him. They murder that child in like the first five minutes of the movie. They just fucking off him, bro. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, wow, <laughs> we're going in a completely different direction with this one. Yeah. Fine, sure, okay. Yeah. So it that movie's fun. Forty five minutes in, you're just like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm not against these these movies bringing back these sure. old movies, but I think that even after Lethal Weapon three, we're like, do we need a Lethal Weapon four? I was gonna say that, and you know, in all honesty, I. Yeah, I, I like the Lethal Weapon franchise, but it's not one that is close to my heart as like Die Hard. Yeah. Um, so I can't sit here and say that I'm the biggest Lethal Weapon fan, but yeah, I mean, three and beyond, like, we don't, like, the buzz is gone, man. We don't need them anymore. No. The idea of the first movie was super, super interesting to sure. me. Sure. Well, the and first the first two are great movies. I'll still stand by that. I think well, the first two Lethal Weapon movies are awesome. I was even going to make the case that you didn't even need the second one. The second one's great. It's good. It, I, it is. It I is. love the second one. But I'm saying, like, the first movie, just by itself, a movie called Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And you have these two cops. You have the one guy who's suicidal. You have the other guy who's like, I don't have time for this yeah, bullshit. The family man. Like, get your shit together. Yeah. Do your job. The, that juxtaposition... I don't know who wrote that movie. Look up look up who wrote that movie. Look up who wrote the first one. Then there's the black and white dynamic. The black and white dynamic is fa- is fantastic. You get the racial thing. You get you get a movie that's exploring mental health way beyond yeah. way before uh, PTSD. PTSD. Uh it, it had no business being as interesting as it was. It didn't need to be. You had yeah. two top bill stars 
that could have just I'll give you one guess. It's someone we actually mentioned already. Seriously? Well, actually, no. We haven't mentioned. We've mentioned a franchise he's worked on before. Oh. He's worked directly with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s as an actor, actually. But he's also now a famous writer. Shane Black. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Black wrote the first Shane one? Shane Black no shit. the first Lethal no Weapon. No shit. Yeah. Shane Black is great, man. I know. I know. Oh, that's great. So, nice. yeah, all nice. right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the the movie had no business being as interesting as it is. And uh, it just could have been left alone by itself. And instead, they he did four two, fucking movies. Well, that's why part two is great. <laughs> yeah. Did he write part three? That's <laughs> the question. It. I doubt it. So they continue making this movie because they that's what Hollywood does. You just keep making these fucking movies. The inspiration behind making a fifth one, did he? He did not. He did not. Of course not. The inspiration behind making a fifth one. No. Okay. Oh. 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 Did you Did you close out of it? Yeah. I was wondering because uh, the director of the first one passed away, and I wonder if he continued directing all of them. Richard Donner was uh, still Richard, Richard directing, Donner. Yeah. Did uh, he direct the fourth one? Who famously did uh, Superman too? Yes. As well, I should say. Uh, let's see. Directed by yeah. Richard Donner. Oh, so he, yeah. Richard Donner did all four movies and he passed away. Rest in peace. Very recently. I think it was like a couple months ago or maybe a year ago. Um, and now they're making this movie and they're like, well, we already have a director. Mm-hmm. Let's just have Mel Gibson just take up the helm of this movie. Which is a weird movie uh, you know all this aside all all of obviously our qualms that we've talked about with with mel gibson as a guy uh aside a weird thing for him to direct yeah it's he's not, he's much more of like a an epic yeah he does big 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 movies. movie director D- doesn't do like blockbuster films no. he does like apocalypto epics yeah i mean has he ever braveheart like, all the movies that he's done braveheart uh passion of the christ apocalypto uh, all like massive, you know, big, big picture movies. movies. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is weird that he's that he's been. I guess it's not that weird if you think about like the context of what we're doing, like the fifth installment of a movie that he's been the star of. Yeah. And you're bringing back this franchise. The, the weirdest thing about this is that they're even trying to bring this back with him. Sure. Instead of doing a reboot, reboot. yeah, or a uh, you know, so it's yeah. that's the weirdest thing. That would make way more sense. The studios going, yeah, let's put our trust in. I just, I don't know, man. I don't get it. I don't get how he has regained the trust. They are trying as hard as they possibly can to make Mel Gibson happen again. They're really, really yeah. going for it. I think they're anticipating. Because none of this happens on accident, right? There are there are boards of people who make these decisions. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm thinking it's a sort of a domino effect where once he was approved to do the uh, Continental, <coughs> that was yeah. like, okay, clearance from them on TV. That's clearance for us to now cash in on that wave. Yeah. Because we're hoping that that wave adds to the movie we're making yeah and acceptance 
So they have. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking they have either seen something or they've read something that gives them confidence. Well, yeah, they for sure did the. They looked at the data of when the Continental got announced, and we're like, yeah, we got hate for sure. People are not going to like this decision, but how many people like this decision? Right. How many people were indifferent to this decision? Right. But I, I think even beyond that, I think there may be something. Uh, I, I don't know whether it's like a some 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 videotaped like um uh script read or something out there that gives them confidence that he can perform still to a level that will make people forget <laughs> how shitty he is as a person well i don't know if you've seen any of his latest projects but there's never any doubt that he's the performer that he was i haven't seen anything lately from him okay mr woke sorry god i, I, I what was he last starring in? The Lobster. It was the Lobster. Yeah, it was called the Lobster. No, that you're thinking of the that art movie from A24. Shut up. That's not the. It's not Shut the up. Lo- I watched the Lobster. Shut Marco. Up. What was the movie that he was in where he played the Beaver? The, the Beaver. The Beaver. I didn't see the Beaver. <laughs> I didn't either. And that was like five years ago. At this point. Okay, there was the Beaver. There was get it. Get the Gringo. There was. Uh, he was in Daddy's Home. Part two. Was he? Yeah, for some reason. He played uh, um, Mark Wahlberg's dad. Right. And uh, I think John Lithgow played Will Ferrell's dad, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Right. John I forgot Lithgow's those movies great, even happened. By the way. Yes. Um, what else has he been in? Um, I haven't seen anything that he's been in <laughs> in the past like 10 years. But I will say that the stuff that he has been in recently he has gotten good reviews okay. so by all accounts he is still as talented as he always was okay i would just like to say that i think i said this when we talked about him originally but mm-hmm. how good is mel gibson that we need to continue to put him in stuff like even beyond <laughs> the racism the anti-semitism the misogyny but beyond the controversy yeah. How good is Mel Gibson that we need to continue to put him in things? You can't find another white dude in Hollywood to play the characters that he's playing. There's not one other middle-aged white dude. God, I miss Philip Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman, dude. Yeah, yeah, me too. Side note, give me a guess on when you think The Beaver came out. 2000... 13 2011 2011 wow it came out in 2011 holy shit so that i was a little off by saying fuck. five years it's been a it's been a while, it's been a while. That yeah old as shit it's dude. very old so yeah he i mean it seems like the stuff he's been in recently has been really low budge like straight to dvd trash like dangerous well let's see get him to the gringo was 2012 that was the last movie i was talking about yeah so uh dangerous in 2021 I think it's his most. Why is this recent. so out of order? This is so know. weird. I hate. I hate the way Google brings up filmography. Just go, his, go to his IMDb. That's the only way to do it. Do you? Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. Let me okay. ask you this because you Googled his filmography. Sure. Do you have something against IMDb? No, I don't. But I think, like, I I don't like going to it only because I find it sometimes difficult to differentiate between 
what their especially if they're they're actors and producers and directors like it it all blends in together and i'm like I, that's not what i'm looking for i hate imdb <laughs> okay okay i hate it yeah i know that everyone uses it i know that everyone is always referencing it everyone is always like check check his imdb i hate imdb well and not only that like look okay honestly i did a little bit of of just you know searching here and i was able to find a, a tab for actor yeah and able to get to it but here's the deal it's beyond that here's the deal here's it, the deal it's it's beyond that it is the fact that imdb is set up like a website made maybe 15 years ago yep it, it looks like trash yep it's, exactly it's garbage it's ugly it's it, it's set up terribly it's not good yeah i hate imdb yeah i'll try to find any other resource to get information before i go to imdb right wikipedia usually is my first choice and then like if there's an article written about whoever i'm looking at i'll go to that but i go to wiki first and then imdb if i have to i would rather click through eight million wiki pages before going through imdb yeah I hate IMDb. I'll go to Rotten Tomatoes you, a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't like IMDb at all. Yeah, I think Rotten Tomatoes is usually my go-to for so, film stuff. There you um, go. Anyway, so it looks like, in, in I, according to IMDb, uh, his most recent project is in pre-production. It's called Every Other Weekend. <laughs> it's called Lethal Weapon 5. <laughs> uh, Leo from Toledo. See, I don't like the way that this is set up. Boys of Summer. How does he have so much fucking... What is he doing? Then, he's doing everything. Then The Continental, which is filming currently. Hot Seat, which is in post-production. On the Line, which is in post-production. Stew, which is in post-production. <laughs> God, he, there's a lot of movies here. Dog, he's got a lot of shit coming out. Yeah. But this again, is the full-on Mel Gibson renaissance. The you know, gibson renaissance, Gibbasons. The Gibbasons. The Gibbasons. Uh, the Gobblesons. The Gobblesons. Uh, no, I wouldn't go that far. Because if you click into these movies, I guarantee the vast majority are low budget. Again, straight to DVD kind of like. Click one. Trash. Let's see what they are. Let's see. Let's click the, not the Continental. Let's do a random one. Stew. Bandit. Okay, Stu. Do that one. Let's do Stu. Let's see what the cast is. Plots under wraps. Jackie Weaver. Teresa Ruiz. Mark Wahlberg is in this. That doesn't mean. What do you mean that? What lot. is that? What are you talking about? He's a, still a big name actor. Yes, but he's the only one <laughs> out of everyone here. There's a lot of children in this. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe it's like a comedy. <sighs> Maybe he's uh, Mark Wahlberg's dad again. Go to Bandit. Bandit. He's playing he's Tommy. Playing Tommy in Bandit. That already has a poster. Nice. After escaping a Michigan prison, a daring career criminal assumes a new identity in Canada and goes on to rob a record 59 banks and jewelry stores while being hunted by a rogue task force. A rogue Based task force? on the story of the Flying Bandit. Don't you love that rogue task force? Like they have no government body telling them what to do. It's like right. five spec ops dude who are like, we're going to do anything. We're going to stop at nothing to catch this guy. Okay, so look. This movie has Mel Gibson, Alicia Cuthbert. She's great. Nestor Carbonell, 
Don't know him. Uh, you know. Oh, you I know, know that, that guy. guy. He plays the and, mayor. And in, Josh Duhamel. Uh, Other than that, I don't know any of these people. Nope. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, these are mid-low budget movies. Okay, but he's getting work. A lot of Sure, work. yeah, he's working a lot. He's working a lot, but... But think about think it, about it, if you're the producer of a movie and you're trying to get something off the ground and you're looking at all these headshots and stuff and you're just like, who's available? He has to be putting himself out there in a way that other actors aren't. He has to be saying, like, look, I'm available. I will do your stupid fucking sure, movie. I'll sure. be the character named Stu. I don't give a shit. Just give me work. I mean, maybe that's his ploy at trying to make his uh, gibson assance happen. The gibson assance The gibson The gibson And then he can be more picky again. He ain't never going to be in an opportunity where he can be picky. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if... I mean, unless Lethal Weapon 5 If Lethal 5 Weapon like 5 becomes awesome and, uh, you know, the Continental is a hit and people are talking about, oh, man, we actually really miss Mel Gibson. Yeah, and they're like, I mean, do Jews and blacks really deserve rights? I don't know. <laughs> Just <laughs> you know. listen. Just don't get him drunk. He won't talk about it. Well, I mean, let's let's hear him out. He might have something. <laughs> he might have some say. stuff to talk about. Well, we'll see. Let's see how he feels about. I things. mean, honestly, in twenty twenty two, that may be a discussion point yeah. with a lot of people in America. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, he did make Braveheart. Well, it can't I, be I, all that bad. He, he made directed a movie about Jesus. Yeah. Okay. How bad can he really be? I am on his side. Thank you very much. If you're on the side of Mel Gibson, you're on the side of Jesus. And if you're on the side of Jesus, you're on the side of Mel Gibson. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. The, the the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and Mel Gibson. Yeah. And the Holy Gibson. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Gibson. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Gibson. Amen. Uh, uh, but yeah, so... I don't care i don't care about lethal weapon <coughs> 5 no i don't care either um, i can't see myself watching that i'll be honest man i haven't seen lethal weapon 4 in like it's gotta be 20 years yeah honestly i'm 31 so like honestly like 20 years yeah is probably the last yeah. time I watched. yeah i really think about it i don't know dead franchise yeah r.i.p i don't care yeah i can just rest i don't know rest in peace but I hope <laughs> Danny Glover's doing well. That's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe Pesci's obviously doing fine. Sure. Yeah. Same with Jet Li. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to Richard Donner. Yeah. Yeah. Great what director. are they going to do? Great director. Whatever. <sighs> all right. Uh, is there anything else that we want to touch on? You know, I, I feel like we, we filled the glass until it filleth over, you know? Uh, yeah, the cup runneth over. I with think we're good. Gibson and I, th I think Tom we're good Holland. with the Gibson, the the Tom Holland, the Spider Man. The Spendermans. Uh yeah. The Gibson Assance. It's, it's just Gibson. a lot, you know? It's, it's it's more than I want anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean the Spider Man stuff was cool. The Mel Gibson stuff maybe put us in a weird place. So the only way to get us back to a positive place. Mm-hmm. Is if we end this thing on a high note, and the only way to do that is to end it with our cheers of the week. And so, contrary to last week, 
I still feel bad about that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I feel, you I feel pretty nothing. bad about it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't feel great about it. I just okay. wasn't, I don't know why I had something and then I forgot it. And then I was just like, fuck, I don't know what else to, I don't know where else to go with look, this. Look, but, look. There's nothing to feel bad about. This is a practice, something that you guys can do at home too. It's, it, it can be harder than you think, you know, it, to be put on the spot and to be able to identify something that you feel worthy of a cheers. Yeah. Can be a lot to ask for, but I think it's important. I think it's a, it's a good practice yeah. to, to find yourself grateful for things, even the little stuff, little things. Yeah. Well, and in, in that vein, we have the same cheers this week. We do. So let's just talk about it. All right. Cheers to the combination of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, better known as Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. Mm. The long-awaited <clears throat> collaborative effort finally saw its release date this week, an evening with Silk Sonic. Yeah. And, uh, and by all accounts... Well, by my account and your account, <laughs> it lived up to the hype. By the accounts that matter. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stop listening to it. It's been. It's been. All. Uh, I mean, ever since. Well, it came out Friday, Thursday night, Friday. Today's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I've listened to it. I don't know. At least once a day. <laughs> Every day since yeah. then. Yeah. More, I mean, like more than that, but at least, at minimum, at least once a day. It's a great headphone listen. Mm hmm. There's a lot of elements in there that you'll miss just, uh, you know, turning it on on your computer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think I, I want to share with you guys how much of a surprise this was. Uh, given the fact that this could have gone so bad in so many ways. Yeah. I was, I was really afraid that they couldn't pull it off. And I thought this was just going to be a, a kitschy kind of cringy, cheesy, like, I don't know, like a, uh, like a souvenir gift from like, a gift shop. You yeah. Know, like, like a parody, a disposable, like, cover album mm-hmm. you know yeah of, of real funk yeah which some people i'm sure may have that opinion of it yeah um but i think what they were able to do was so uh evocative of the past but very much its own and you know still play uh in a modern sense but obviously be so entrenched in the past uh, I think they they pulled off a balance nearly perfectly. Yeah, uh, between those two. Yeah, um, and and you know a lot a lot of that has to do with their um, sort of relationship on that album and the way that they kind of share the spotlight and just kind of they they blend so well together. I don't I don't know how they even hooked up and like decided to do this in the first place. <clears throat> I mean, apparently they have been friends for a while. And they were working on a song together and then the pandemic hit and they couldn't perform anymore. So both of them just hold up in a studio mm. and we're like, fuck it. Let's let's bring this thing to fruition and yeah. see like what uh, what can come of this. Call Bootsy. 
basically. Yeah. See what Bootsy thinks. So that's that's really what it was born out of, hmm. was the fact that like they were afraid that they wouldn't be able to perform again, yeah. and so they made the album sound like a show or a performance. That's why it's an evening with Sil Sonic. That's why right. the whole thing is like hosted by Bootsy Collins, and it's like it's supposed to feel oh, like right a show. show. Yeah. I've just been doing that all all week. <laughs> all right, y'all. All right, y'all. Uh, that was the point. Yeah. It was like it was supposed to feel like a show. Like a lounge singer or something. If they weren't able to ever perform again, mm-hmm. you would at least be able to listen to the album and feel like you were watching a show. Nice. So, yeah, it's weird because you don't think... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't think that they would have the kind of chemistry that they have. Right. Because they don't make, like, I mean, Bruno has been leaning into, like, late 80s, early 90s R&B, pseudo-funk stuff. Mm-hmm. Anderson has been doing, like, more modern R&B stuff. I mean, he's yeah. done some, like, traditional, like, here's some 70s soul stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, he's been doing like a modern take on his style or his yeah, sound rather. And even more like hip hop lean like modern hip hop leaning. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like you don't listen to these two guys and go, you know who should do an album together? Fucking these Anderson and fucking Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah, you you wouldn't on the onset think that they would be a match made in heaven, that yeah. they are. And you listen to it, and you're just like, "Wow, I was a fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> how could I not makes see a lot of how sense. <laughs> they are together?" Yeah. 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 So, um, I think this is a good opportunity for for people to listen to the album, and if you like it, you like it. And it's getting like mixed to good reviews. This is a good opportunity to like look at those. Form your own opinion. Sure. I, as a person who, you know, almost made a career out of criticism, music music criticism, mm-hmm. being a reviewer, I still believe that there's merit in music criticism. But there are times where sometimes either the publication or the reviewer <clears throat> seems like they're just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking skewer these this artist mm-hmm. for no reason other than. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I I have I have written reviews where I'm like this is kind of mean but I kind of want to get a point across <laughs> and I want to be metaphorical and like say some shit and like yeah, I just yeah. give it to my editor and I'm like I mean, I thought that this would be fun. <laughs> but not in a like I don't be shitty but like you use certain language and terminology and you're like and this is this will at least be evocative. Mm. But like sometimes there's projects that come out where you're just like, I don't care what you say. This yeah. is just too good. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the, the Fantanos of the world or like the pitchforks or whatever, you're just like, come on, what are, what are we doing here? What do you, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. This is a, this is an incredible project. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I mean, I, this has been one of those rare situations where, you know, n- normally I I will take into account um, what the reviewers are saying about things, but this is one of those I just went in completely blind and yeah. was there like literally 
Actually, I I remember I was laying in bed. I couldn't fall asleep, and midnight struck, and I was like, "Huh, Silk Sonic's out. Let me give it a listen." Yeah, and I listened to it all the way through, <coughs> and I went, "This was way better than I was expecting it to be." Yeah, and from then on, I'm like, I don't even care to look at reviews at this point. Like, yeah, I mean, out of just curiosity, I, I gave them a look, but. I mean, it, it made no impact on my feelings about the album, which is really how it should be in the first place. Yeah, that is how it should be. Yeah. You should look at reviews. I mean, if you're going to, if you trust a reviewer's opinion or if you don't trust their, their opinion and you're looking mm. at them and you're going, whatever they don't like, I know I'm going to like, gonna like <laughs> right. there's value in that too. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But if you listen to an album and then you look at reviews afterward for validation, you're going about it the wrong way. Yeah. Going about it the wrong way. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, so. um, even I would say even if you're not like a traditionally a funk purist or or even been exposed to tr- traditional funk, um, give it a shot. I, I think this is a good entry point, and it's yeah. fun and uh, very poppy and 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 yeah, very low barrier for entry. But by the way, what are you doing if you haven't been listening to funk? <laughs> What are you doing? That's 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 an incredible blind spot. Not living life right is I what mean, I'll say. Do you not want to feel happiness ever in you, your life? You ever? gotta you gotta embrace the funk. You have to. We got the funk. We got the funk. Gotta have that funk. Ow. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, it's great. So yeah, it's a good entry point. Mm-hmm. Use it. Lift off. You saw Bootsy Collins in the liner notes. Maybe look, look up some Bootsy yeah, Collins. Yeah, look up some Bootsy Collins. Maybe look up some James Brown, uh-huh. some Parliament Funkadelic. Parliament Funkadelic separately and together. <laughs> some Rick James, you know? Bitch. Some cool in the game. <laughs> some Rick James, bitch. And what are you doing? The fuck are you doing? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think we got it. I think we got it. Mm-hmm. Well, before we can get out of here, we have to talk about these brewskis. So... Obi, please tell me what you thought of the King State IPA, the original IPA from the King State Brewing Company. Uh, I'm going to keep it short and simple. I love this. Really? I really love this. I think it's great. Um, uh, you know I'm a big a- IPA boy. Uh-huh. Um, Some things never change. Yes. Uh, I mean, the can art alone, incredible. I love it. Yeah, it's great. I love it. The taste. It is a traditional IPA. No frills. Uh, I really like the... Uh, I'm getting a bit of like orange zest in it, mm. um, which I really like. Yeah. Um, it is suitably bitter. Not overly AB, uh, high in ABV. Yeah, 6.3, I think. Yeah, which is, you know, fine. Yeah. Um... Do it. <sighs> Do it. It's a five for me. Five. It is a five for me. It is a five for me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I would give it, man. I mean, do I want to? I mean, I, we had this on draft at Red Light, and I wasn't a fan when I had it on draft. I drink it now, and I'm like, I was wrong before. <laughs> I do like it. Uh huh. Do I like it enough to give it a five? I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a four and a half because I do think it's great. And I do think that 
when you get a company that just does like, all right, look, look, no frills. This is just an IPA. Yeah. You know, we're not doing all that bullshit. You know, this is just what what you want when you think about an IPA. Mm-hmm. You get a company that does that and does it well. You have to appreciate that. So I think King State's IPA is pretty good. I will say that, you know, I've, I've had obviously better IPAs in the past. Sure. I think that... Um, I guess my uh, the criticism that I would lobby against it is that it's a little. Uh, the, I don't know the pa- the taste kind of washes over you. It's just kind of like a. Uh, it just. It's not super complex. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of does I will what agree it does with that. And it goes away and. Yeah. But then again, that's that's my individual palate. So you know, what are you gonna do? Sure. But I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Okay. So. All right. Yep. Think we got it? I know we got it. Well, if Obi says we got it, then let's get the freak out of here. This has been the One Beer In podcast for myself, Marco Dupa, for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) Drink delicious beer and have a beautiful evening. We love you.